0: One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator.
1: It's a Thursday here on the Blog and the Boys Podcast Network. And, of course, that means to get riled up about a playoff matchup this upcoming week one, weekend. Well, not quite the weekend, Tom. Because it will be played out there on Monday night, but even still, yep. it will be a part of Wild Card Weekend, and we can't wait to get into it. Uh, Tom Ryle, of course, my partner at on top at Tom Ryle BTB on the Twitter sphere. I'm Roy White, as you know at Dub 3 and we do appreciate you listening to us. Make sure you check out all the content at boggingtheboys.com and of course, subscribe to that YouTube channel where we'll have all the po- pre and post game reaction to what goes down on Monday night. And Tom. Boy, uh, if you've listened to this podcast at all, you saw this coming because Tom and I were talking about it before the season began. And while it might be unfair, while it might not be the way that the Cowboys should proceed with things, the talk has come down to, Tom, what happens to Mike McCarthy this weekend barring whether the Cowboys win or lose on Monday night. And so I think that's where we want to start. Obviously we'll get into the matchup and we'll talk a little bit about the Buccaneers and and Uh, what they bring to the table. But first and foremost, Tom, uh, are you surprised that the narrative and the conversation has shifted back to Mike McCarthy and his job status?
0: No, first off, because this is the Cowboys fan base and the Cowboys media and it's just, the most intense focus. If if they don't get the success they've been denied for a quarter of a century now, they're going to want a head to roll. Uh, you know, maybe multiple heads, but the most obvious one is the head coach. Going into this season, people were already talking, as you said, that it was going to take success in the playoffs for Mike McCarthy to keep his job. And right. now here we are, and people are saying if the Cowboys don't win at least the first game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, then Mike McCarthy's going to be fired. Jerry Jones, when asked about Mike McCarthy's job status, just said flatly, no, he was not getting fired because of the outcome of the game. I tend to believe Jerry, but a lot of people over the years have, you know, found that they don't always put credibility in everything he says. So, you know, we'll, we'll go ahead and let them have their doubts. I just, just to me, you look at, at the the facts that are right out there. Two years in a row, he got 12 wins. That's hard for a team to do in the NFL. And you have to think that's at least partly because of what McCarthy has done. Countering that, if you look at the arc of this season, as you pointed out, you can kind of see how the narrative died down real fast and then started getting more fuel fed to the fire as the season went on.
1: Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because... There was a point in time this season where I thought, hey, no matter where it goes from here, he's safe. I yeah. think there was an identifiable point identifiable point in this season where it's like, well, I find it hard to imagine a scenario that, hey, if they do get to the playoffs playing as well as they appear to be on track for, there's not really a situation where he will be playing for his job in that playoff game. I, I had gotten to that place at various points this season, but at the beginning of the year I was adamant and we debated it very hotly as to whether or not that final game would be the nail in the coffin. Now, like, I don't know if, I mean, it's definitely not fair. Like it's definitely not fair to evaluate him Mm -hmm. on a one-off game at the end of the season But his predecessor was fired for not being able to take the next step to begin with himself. And Mm -hmm. if I reflect on his tenure, he made the playoffs three times and won a playoff game in two of those appearances. Now we wound up losing games that you remember very easily. And certainly one that came back this week as we all seem to go over the anniversary of the catch. I don't know about you. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I'm anniversary doubt out on it. I could, yep. <laughs> I could afford to have that muted on this day. I need to remind myself next year that I'll just avoid the heartache of seeing that all over social media. But <laughs> when I look at that example that Jason Garrett brought to the table, granted, it never came with back-to-back double-digit win seasons, much less back-to-back 12-win seasons. So mm-hmm. perhaps that should be a part of the equation as well. But unfortunately, Tom... This is the NFL. This is the Dallas Cowboys, a rabid fan base, as you mentioned. And quite frankly, in terms of heads to roll, right, if they do lose this game, they might not even be able to fire their coordinators because they'll have already taken head coaching jobs elsewhere, as Dan Quinn and Kellen Moore both have had multiple head coaching interview requests. From different teams in the NFL.
0: I think right now it's just one apiece. I think the only ones that have been confirmed is uh, Quinn with Denver and Moore with Carolina. Okay. And I don't think either of them are necessarily going to get hired this year. Uh, I
1: mean, I'm not saying, again, I'm not really pointing to say, like, hey, their heads could roll as – although I guess it's worth having the conversation as to whether or not their heads would be enough – if the Cowboys failed to win this game, but when I, you know, again, to how we got here, 12 wins sounds nice on paper, but we really need to go back and, and kind of break that down, right. Assess how we really feel about it because it's not about the wins that you have. It's about, are you playing your best football when it matters? Mm -hmm. Would you agree?
0: Yeah. And I think that is the real question. Uh, Are they playing their best football when it matters? I think that pretty obviously the past three or four games, the answer is no. They haven't been playing their best football over that stretch. And it's probably going to be worth talking a little bit about what may be going on with that. But, you know, you look back, the first game of this season was the sky is falling because – a, Dak Prescott got, got hurt, and B, he looked pretty crappy in that opener against these same Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all just – you know, I was doom and gloom. I thought the season was over. I was thinking, well, does McCarthy now get something of a pass because of losing his starting quarterback, and that put him so far behind that they couldn't catch up? Uh then came what is arguably his best four-game stretch, maybe five game, if you include the final uh, game against the Philadelphia Eagles before Prescott came back. Mm-hmm. But this team got to four and one in that stretch, and suddenly we're still very much alive in the playoff hunt. Uh, they did that with Cooper Rush, and more importantly. Dan Quinn had the defense kind of on fire. They were terrorizing opposing quarterbacks. They were getting the important stops. They were keeping the score down so that Rush was able to score enough points to get the wins. That that was a coaching staff, and you include Kellen Moore for figuring out how to get enough out of Rush to make it all work. The coaching staff Coach their butts off, and it's almost like you wonder did they use up too much and not have enough left in the tank from that point on? But then it looked good because Prescott came back and won his next two games, including a pretty impressive outing in a 49 to 29 win over the Chicago Bears.
1: Yeah, 24 to six. Like the defense basically just shut Detroit down in his first game back, and he kind of got to cruise. They leaned heavily on the run game, right? But the run game was working, so why go away from it? It was Detroit. And then he broke out against Chicago. And you thought Dak Prescott is fully back to the height of his powers. And heading into the bye week, the Cowboys really couldn't have asked to be in a better position than they were at that time heading into the bye.
0: Yeah, that had them at. Uh, that would be, let me do the math here. I think that was six and two at that point.
1: They had two losses, right? That was, I mean, six and two, that would have been a tall order. If I told you at the beginning of the season, that Dak Prescott was going to be healthy for all eight of those first. Most
0: of us would have been very happy with that, but then they hit the bye week and I've come to kind of dread the bye week or more specifically the game after
1: you made me start doing it. I, you made yeah. me start doing it because of what you came up with in that article, in how poorly the Cowboys played historically, coming off of awkward weeks, unusual yeah. rest weeks, right? Weeks that didn't go Sunday to Sunday. Maybe there's a, a Thursday game thrown in there. Maybe there's a Saturday. But Tom did a great job of looking back and really documenting the fact that, like, it's a trend and it's something that should be, you know, brought to your attention.
0: And a little bit worrisome with them having the extra day in there. Now, there's an argument to be made that that extra day may work to their favor because that's one more day for players like Tyler Biotish, Leighton Vanderish, Jonathan Hankins to get healthy and back into the lineup. Uh, and you know, we'll talk. We'll mention hopefully before we get done the impact that some of those players have had. But you know, they, they came out of the bye and ran into good old Aaron Rodgers, the Green Bay Packers, and lost a game that had us a little bit worried.
1: It was the first, it was the first real sign of concern, Tom, because
0: mm-hmm.
1: they were up 14. They were up yeah. multiple scores in the second half, and the way that Green Bay came back on them. As much as we fear Aaron Rodgers, was not from Aaron Rodgers slinging the ball all over the field. Although he did hit some critical passes with Christian Watson, two touchdowns included in there. But it was ultimately their run game and the Cowboys' run defense that imploded in that game and allowed Green Bay to mount a comeback. And then, quite also, you know, quite frankly, also the offense's ineptitude and inability to put that game away when they had multiple opportunities to do so.
0: Yeah, it was it was the first time we saw the defense, as you said, really crack. And then the offense stumbled at just the wrong time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And they wound up losing that game. That was an overtime game, I believe.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, you know, boo, depression, worry, panic. Then it looked like they righted the ship because their best game of the season came after that. When they just obliterated the Minnesota Vikings, who are now the number three seed in the NFC, and, and they whooped them forty to three in in a game that was it was just over <laughs> almost as soon as it began. Uh, just a superb performance on on all sides in all phases of the game, and it looked like okay, everything's fine. We're going to go. They, they Then they had uh, the 28-20 Thanksgiving game against the Giants. Okay, it was, it was a division game, which is always – tends to be a lot closer than you might expect. And don't forget the Giants are the number six seed this year. So they're having a good year. They're a much better team than I think anybody expected them to be at the beginning of the season, at least – amongst us, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, I, I didn't see that coming at all. Well, and the Cowboys
1: like that one, that game ended up being close, but remember they took a 28 to 13 lead when mm -hmm. Peyton Hendershot scored with nine minutes to go in the fourth quarter and the giants scored their last touchdown in like the final 10 seconds. Right. So that was a pretty like complete performance right off the heels of what they did against the Vikings. But the one crack in that performance, right? The one thing people talked about and said, oh, we got to clean this up, Tom. Dak Prescott threw two interceptions in that game. hmm And a theme that has become more and more common here late yep. in the season. Now, the... were those, yeah. both those interceptions his fault? I I don't mm-hmm. recall that. I feel like one of those was on him and one of them was not.
0: Yeah. There but game. Yeah, that's how they the, went there. They're... There certainly have been some picks where Dak Prescott put the ball exactly where it needed to be, and it came off the receiver's hands and wound up getting picked. Um, And that's, you know, you can go around and around with that argument, but that happens to all quarterbacks that throw a few interceptions during the season, it seems like. Uh, At some point, they get a funny bounce or ricochet, and it it winds up going in the interception column against them. The next game against the Indianapolis Colts, when you look at the, the score, you think, wow, they really beat them up. But that's, that game against Matt Ryan and everything was neck and neck until the, the start of the, the fourth quarter. And then the Cowboys had one of the most impressive fourth quarter explosions I've ever seen, aided by some really bad Indianapolis uh, miscues.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, it, you know, we, we felt okay. The real worry started against the Houston Texans. Mm. They had the Cowboys on the ropes inside the five-yard line, and somehow the defense stopped them on four downs and got the ball back on downs at the two with the time running out in the game and the Cowboys put on one of their best drives of the season to get the touchdown and win. And we're all like, well, okay, a wins, a wins. Well, yeah, no, a win is not always the same as all other wins. This was a win that should never have gotten to that point. It was embarrassed, embarrassing. And it just, you know, you thought, well, what happens when they play a good quarterback? And we found out the next weekend against the Jacksonville Jaguars, who are now in the playoffs <laughs> in one of the oddest games to back into the playoffs <laughs> uh, you've ever seen, where I think they didn't score. A, they didn't have a first down in the fourth quarter, and yet still came out and won the game because of the defensive score that put them ahead and gave mm-hmm. them – Uh, gave them the fourth seed in the AFC. But they are a better team, much better team than they were the year before. There's some good things happened there. And, you know, credit to Doug Peterson. He's right the ship there and seems to have a little something going on in Jacksonville, which is great because we don't have to worry about them (laughs) like we did when he was uh, the Yeah
1: And the Eagles and the Titans, while both wins, you know, unfairly perhaps criticizing the Cowboys, but they were against backup quarterbacks. that's Manchu huge. For the Eagles and Malik Davis for the Titans, who looked absolutely horrific. Uh, mm-hmm. Even when Dak Prescott threw the interception against the Titans, where they were up uh, seven, it was about, it was 10 to three, they were driving you thought the cowboys were going to put another 3 on the board and instead prescott throws the pick and the titans make it 10-6 going into halftime and there was never a moment in that game that you felt like they were going to lose it and yet they never really put their foot on the titans throats the way that they the way that i felt they should have given the talent disparity mm-hmm. there were so many injuries on the titans side um granted they had everything to play for but obviously you know that didn't work out for them the Eagles game somewhat you know I, I shouldn't take any credit away from them because they played exceptionally well in that game offensively outside of the turnover issues but again like it wasn't a convincing win against a a, a team that they were favored against going in right and yeah
0: you you think that the defense could have shut down Gardner Minshew a little better now he's a pretty good for a backup quarterback let's face it yeah. Uh you know well, But the teams, next
1: week he came out and he threw for like 200 yards against the Saints and they lost. So Yeah. Like I get it. And every backup's capable of a one-off, but damn it, why does that one-off always have to be against us?
0: Yes. And you have to question if is it is it them or is it us? Yeah, and, and it's and then And the follow-up, the final game makes you feel oh, like it's Tom <laughs> I just I, I have a hard time even thinking about that game uh because it was so terrible. They tried to win uh, it. They wanted to win it. Even mm-hmm. when
1: it they could have looked up at the scoreboard, it felt like and understood that the Giants are toast and they're locked in, they still played to try to win it, Tom. And I think they and were it, doing that because they have questions in their own head about their ability to turn it on when they need to.
0: And and they could turn nothing on. It was the worst completion percentage of Dak Prescott's career. Uh, he they they had to try and rely on him because the running game was completely impotent, and then he couldn't connect with with hardly any of his receivers. Uh, I think uh, both uh, Michael Gallup and Noah Brown got six targets apiece in the game and each had one reception. Something was wrong, And, and some of them were on the receivers. Some of them was Prescott was just missing badly, and he threw, in essence, he threw the same pick six twice. It's just the first time Kendall Fuller dropped it, and the second time... In almost the exact same spot in an almost identical looking situation. On back to back plays. wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, back to back it was. And then he puts it right in Fuller's arms, and this time he just bolts into the end zone. And at that point, you were kind of like, "Yeah, this is this is toast. We're done. It's over." And yeah, I, I just I don't know. Was something wrong? Now. That gets into some interesting things that have been floating around out there. Have you noticed... I don't know if you've noticed, but they were doing very well by putting C.D. Lamb in motion a lot, and they didn't seem to do that very much in this game. There wasn't much play action. They didn't go with tempo. Those are all things that have seemed to work well for the offense, or for some reason, it was just gone. And that gets you to thinking, well, how much of that is because of what happened on the offensive line? Tyler Biotish went out against the, the uh, Titans, I believe it was when he had to leave the game. Mm-hmm. And now they're, they've are they got this jumbled line, people are out of place, plus Biotis is the signal caller. So maybe... Kellen Moore didn't have a lot of faith in using all the tools he had because he wasn't sure his offensive line could handle it. And as it turned out, they couldn't handle the basic stuff that that they tried to run anyway. So that was a big thing. And then you have the defensive problems. And you have to remember, Leighton Vandresh has missed, what, like four weeks, three or four weeks? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, guess who is normally the quarterback for the defense? Layton Esch. So, having those two guys out seemed to maybe have really put this team in more of a bind. And then when you combine the the multiple injuries they've had uh with the uh the, the losses at cornerback and stuff, you wonder how much were they just trying to see what they could make work with what they had without... The, I don't know. It's 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 very, very confusing, and it's very puzzling. So now it looks like they're getting those players back, like I mentioned. Uh, maybe they can right the ship, but it's, well, it would have been so much better if they could at least have looked competent at times against Washington. And they basically didn't accept on one touchdown drive. Well, and that's just
1: it, right? If Mike McCarthy had us feeling confident into this game with the 12 and five record in hand, I don't know if we'd be having this conversation. Mm -hmm. If these last few games had been healthy wins, I don't know if the national media is lapping this up as much as they are. But unfortunately the Cowboys situation is a unique one. They're going on the road against an opponent in Tom Brady, who they've never beaten before. And yet they are three point favorites. According to Vegas, Mm -hmm. they are going up against a team that had a losing record this season. And all of that plays into the perception that quite frankly, There's no reason the Cowboys shouldn't be prepared for this game, despite what we've seen the past few weeks. And if they are not, whose seat will, or whose feet rather, will that fall at? I think that's where I come back to my answer as to what I think will happen. Now, I want to be clear should it, should Mike McCarthy's job, be evaluated on this game and this game alone and the outcome of it? No. I think Tom and I Mm -hmm. are both in agreement that that is setting things back long-term more so than it is helping in the short term. But we also understand how this media circus goes in these parts. And I mean, I know you say you do believe Jerry, but I don't believe him on everything. And... I know that while he might be, you know, George Costanzaing me today, it's not a lie if I believe it. I also very much believe that Jerry Jones is always subject to change his mind based on the outcome and the circumstances. Yeah. So he can say all he wants right now because maybe he doesn't feel like they could or should lose. Yeah. But <laughs> let's see how it <laughs> goes come Tuesday night if that happens.
0: If the Cowboys were to actually be blown out on Monday, maybe Jerry would waver, but I think it would take an absolute disaster on the field. Hmm. And I think at least part of it is because I I do believe there's enough self-awareness to realize that they set up this team to have problems back before the season ever started. It's it's something we talked about back then, and they still are struggling with. That is, they didn't bring in talent at wide receiver until they finally caved and signed T.Y. Hilton, who is still playing less than 40% of the offensive snaps, which maybe they're holding him back to be kind of a surprise weapon. You know, I hope, but I don't like that. I, I'd like to see them getting him more involved to get his rhythm and his chemistry down with that Prescott. And they don't they don't have good offensive line depth yet. They still don't. They 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 needed to have brought in more than just Jason Peters. Um now we're gonna have to see how they make the, how they try to make this work. Uh if 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 Noah Brown and Michael Gallup can't step up, that immediately limits what you can do. The 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 Buccaneers will know all they gotta do is is limit CD Lamb and they pretty much uh hobbled the entire offense. The running game, if it doesn't pick up with maybe getting Biotish back you know i i don't see how the offense can put up enough points against a team that is led by tom brady and you, know, do you put band- anything
1: into their early season matchup by the way as we kind of shift the focus to make sure we do take a look at what the buccaneers bring to the table here um do you put anything back on that week 1 matchup obviously the buccaneers wound up winning it 19 to 3 the only three points the cowboys scored was on their first drive of the game and then they're basically you know nothing's after that CD Lamb as you mentioned they understood they needed to shut him down and they did 11 targets he had just two catches in that game Noah Brown actually led the way with five receptions and the Cowboys mm-hmm. gave up 127 rushing yards to Leonard Fournette um yeah i mean again i'm reading all these numbers because hey i i think they're interesting but do they have any effect anything in your mind do they mean anything uh, going into this game on Monday.
0: Just maybe in general trends. Um, you know, I think they're going to have Vita Bay back. I think they've been holding him out the same way. The Cowboys have been with Leighton Vander Esch. Yep. So that the Buccaneers have a pretty stout defensive line, which is, you know, going to be challenging the Cowboys offensive line. Um, I think I saw the Cornette said he's playing through injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, So, you know, that might make him a little easier to slow down, but he's still awfully good, even when he's he's limited a little bit. Other than that, after an entire season, I don't think you can put too much on what happened 19 weeks ago or 18 weeks ago. I agree.
1: I agree. I think think there's virtually nothing you can take from that matchup as opposed to this one.
0: Yeah, you just you just know that you got Tom Brady, who is always going to be dangerous. He gets the ball out fast. I think it was Bob Sturm. Uh, it was either Bob Sturm or Brian Broaddus who made the observation that their their objective with Brady is to get him off his spot because if you can get him moving, then his his accuracy rate does decline pretty significantly. Uh, but you have to get that that immediate pressure and get him moving around because if you let him stay in the pocket and make his throws he's just a sharpshooter and uh that's that's going to be difficult to deal with because of the cornerback issues you know uh they're looking like looking like fortunately Duran bland is going to be good to go for the game uh Trayvon Diggs, you know, he, he does get beaten big sometimes, but he's, he has a lot of good coverage out there. And then it becomes Is nation, Wright Going to be able to match up with like Mike Evans or will Xavier Rhodes be able to step in and help, which is what would be his first game playing for the Cowboys after they signed him. Yeah. I don't know. That's it's, This is a game that's got me unsettled. And quite frankly, I hate to say this, but I kind of expect to see the Cowboys drop this one. Not by a blowout, but, you know, something like a a four to six point loss. Oh, Oh, that hurts, Tom. I know. And it's just maybe part of it is that I'm – Subconsciously trying to do a little reverse hexing here.
1: I like it. I like the uh, strategy.
0: But that's the that's the situation that gets really interesting. If the Cowboys win this by one point, then everybody's happy. And I think Mike McCarthy's perfectly secure. Hmm. But if they lose a close game, what is there? Is that still enough to maybe change Jerry Jones's thinking? I think it's probably not. But you know the question is going to be asked, Uh, you know. I I don't know what to say. It's just – it's hard to think of a a team that went 12-5 and and got into the playoffs firing their head coach. But, you know, we kind of remember what happened with Chan Gailey, for those that are around. Mm -hmm. You know, he was successful. He just wasn't successful enough. I, I, I just think that the length of time it's been since the Cowboys had success uh, and despite the fact that Jerry Jones sometimes seems to, be, seems to be very conscious of the sand running through the hourglass of time <laughs> uh, he he still I think realizes that there's probably a good a lot of good reasons to give McCarthy another year uh, even if things, End abruptly. I, I, now, don't, don't mistake me. I am fully pulling for the Cowboys to win. I'll be cheering every good moment and groaning every time something goes bad, and hoping they pull this out one way or another. Oh, but, I mean,
1: you don't have to justify it, Tom. We shoot you straight here on the riled up podcast we shoot you straight and we'll tell it to you like it is we're not going to sugarcoat it and uh we're going to be honest with you about our assessment of where the cowboys stand against their opponent because this is a formidable one right despite uh-huh. the eight and nine record the weapons on the outside and mike evans and chris godwin pose you know significant threats he added and i say tom Brady added a weapon in kyle rudolph at the tight end position, who they got here recently and kind of featured in this most recent game to get him up to speed, maybe a little bit in the way the Cowboys did with T.Y. Hilton. So that's another name you should be mindful of. And then also, they're trying to get a little bit healthier back on their offensive line. If you remember, they lost Ryan Jensen for the whole season, and then they back up Robert Hainsey later on, and they thought he might be gone for the year. Well, they've activated the 21-day window for Hainsey, and uh, they are trying to get him back into the mix
0: for this. Yeah, so, you, and at this at this point of things, uh, activating the twenty one day window is tantamount to saying, "Yeah, he's playing on." Or excuse me, uh, Monday. Jensen.
1: Jensen's the one. Uh, sorry, I get him yeah. confused. But Jensen's the yeah. one they activated, and he's the one that they've lost basically and been without the entire year. So if he, I mean, I expect him to play, like you said, right? No reason not to. Everything's on the line. But yeah, uh, I. I can understand Cowboys fans being nervous about that. This game, I get it. Um, I am just, and here's why I'm here's why I'm picking them to win, Tom. Because everybody and their mother is having this conversation, right? And it feels like when everybody is substantially in one corner about how something's gonna go in the NFL, nine times out of ten, it goes the exact opposite direction. And I know that's and- Like, I know that's flimsy logic, right? I said I'd shoot it to you straight, tell you like I think it, but that's, uh, I kind of think that's how it will go. I think the Cowboys could actually end up winning this one by double digits and calming everything down, calming the waters down. Yeah. And and, they got to do it. And
0: that principle you just stated is probably more applicable to the Cowboys because almost every game we've gone and expecting it to go one way and it's gone entirely differently. So (laughs) I hope you're right. I so hope you're right but we will see. We all
1: do. I hope this time next week, Tom, we're talking about a matchup in Philadelphia, as opposed to how the Cowboys are going to handle the off season. Because if that happens, Tom, there's reason to start getting hype because the Cowboys won their last game against Philadelphia and the potentially next best team they could play is either a team. They walloped 40 to three or a rematch with last year's opponent in the san francisco 49ers oh wouldn't that be fun tom but uh y'all stay riled up on the cowboys you make sure you check out the youtube channel blogging the boys and make sure you hit up all that great content at blogging the com. for tom i'm roy we'll see you next week let's go cowboys get us a playoff win